Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When the red, red robin comes bum, bum, bumming along, along. There'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his home. Sweet song. Another game without a win as Charlton battle back for a point against Pompey. Still, though, we wait for the season to really kickstart. Welcome to Charlton Live. Hello, my name's Louis Mendez. Uh, good evening, welcome to uh, this week's Charlton Live. We'll be looking back at yesterday's uh, 2-2 draw uh, with Portsmouth at the Valley. Still just one uh, win at the start of the campaign, but uh, some signs of, of battle and fight uh, a little bit in that game, but also some uh, really concerning spells as well. So joining me uh, to do that, first up, uh, we've got Mr Tom Wallin. How are you doing, Tom? Back from your holidays? Yeah, yeah, I'm alright, thank you. Yeah, refreshed and uh, ready to... Talk about Charlton once more. Uh, well, I was, I was <laughs> until yesterday's game, yeah. which uh, yeah, the horrible dawn in reality mind. that talking about Charlton includes watching them, and then oh, God, it's just horrible. Yeah, sometimes. I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, and also joining us uh, on the pod is uh, Mr. Mark Newby. Head in, Mark. Yeah, now I'm I'm slightly more positive, I think. So yeah. you know, it's good to have some balance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, I'm, I'd be intrigued to find out why as we uh, go on throughout the show. So on tonight's show, then we will, of course, as I said, look back at the uh, the game with Pompey. We're going to hear the highlights uh, from Charlton TV shortly. We've also got a, a really weird press conference with Nigel Atkins where he breaks off halfway through to go and get a cup of tea uh, off Danny Cowley. Uh, so we'll hear that uh, later. We're also going to hear a little bit from uh, Josh Davison, the uh, goal scorer. Uh, of the Addict's second goal uh, yesterday. We've got your views as well. We've got tweets and emails and uh, some audio from the fans bar. Uh, then we'll have a quick look at today's uh, women's game 2-0 victory uh, over Blackburn. Hearing from the manager Karen Hills and one of the goal scorers Emma Follis. Uh, and of course we'll look ahead to Tuesday evening's game uh, with Bolton Wanderers. So just before we hear the highlights then Tom. Um, game of two halves probably fair to say. Yeah, Yeah I think so. I think at the end of it I think a point was probably fair. Um that first half, or certainly the first half hour or so, was was painful to watch. It was a, a nasty atmosphere. It was uncomfortable, uh, and I think the the crowd's reaction to the performance was pretty justified. We'll come on to obviously talk about it in a bit more detail shortly. Uh, the the positives were that we rallied round. I think the fight 
in the players in the second half was was there to see. Uh, the substitutions made a difference, which was another positive. But ultimately, I still don't think it's it's good enough uh, against a team who haven't been playing well either in the last five or six games. Uh, and there were there were lots of worrying signs. I think McGilvery still had to make a couple of saves. If John Marcus was an actual footballer, then I think we we could have lost that game or certainly gone in at half time three or four down. So, yeah, more worrying signs for me than positives personally. Um, I'm not someone who wants the manager out just yet, but I, I'm struggling to see too many positives at this stage. Hmm. Um, but we have another game around the corner, and and I suppose that's one that if we can try and build some momentum on Tuesday, that would be a good thing. But yeah, that first half an hour in particular, although we got it back to two two, that that really concerned me yesterday. Yeah, interesting. Well, I mean, Mark, you said at the top that you're you're one of the more positive people, so I'll put it to you. We've uh, one win in nine games at the start of the se- uh, season, just six points from a possible twenty seven. We're sat in the relegation zone. Uh, why are you feeling positive? Well, I think this is one of those games that you know three weeks, four weeks ago at the start of a season or like a couple of weeks in, we'd have lost. We'd have lost quite easily, and we'd have looked desolate and we'd have looked you know toothless i think the fact that i've said before on the show that sometimes if you're behind and you come back for a draw sometimes it almost feels like a win and to get you know in the 87th minutes you know an equalizer is sometimes it feels like a win and i think there are shoots of um green recovery as it were i mean i'm with tom i'm not calling for him yet but i don't think it's going to take much for him to be gone um with Nigel um so I think there are definitely things there which I think you've got to say you know look we you know we have attacking we've got attacking players we've got people who aren't afraid now to have a shot you know instead of looking for a sideways pass we've got people who are taking it on and I'm thinking that we'd have lost that 3-0 a couple of weeks ago and the fact that we yes it is only a draw only a point and we are where we are I think you've got to look at a, a signs of recovery and a thing. You know what? It's not probably going to take much for to say. You know, we've, we'll talk about clicking, and it probably isn't going to take much for them to click. But whether that will be with a change at the top of the um, ship, as it were, and a new captain coming in and steering it, uh, we shall have to see. Mm, certainly. Right. Let's have a listen to the highlights then of the game yesterday uh, against Portsmouth on Charlton TV. Steve Brown was alongside That's Greg Stubbley. Inside to Tunnicliffe, who can drift inside Charlton's half. Looks forward towards Romeo, who controls. Out to the left to Curtis. Curtis has got Brown to his left. Curtis said, goes for goal. And it's a lovely finish. And Portsmouth have the lead after five minutes. Yeah, exactly the start we didn't want. It's a very good counter-attack. Well, it's not even a counter-attack, but... It's the ball deep in their own half that's a bit of a killer. We try and press hard the pitch. They play a ball in between two of our players. And I think you said it was Tunnicliffe that received in turn. From that point, it's Romeo that runs off the right-hand side and receives on the inside channel. That allows him to switch play. I don't know why Matthews isn't coming inside a little bit to defend the, 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 the ball itself. Let it go on the outside. You want it to go on the outside. You want him to cross it into the box that we've got manned. You don't want him to come inside on his right foot and curl it in the far corner. And as a fullback, it's very difficult when you're 2v1 against, but you always leave the least dangerous. The least dangerous in that particular situation was the guy out wide. So defend the inside channel, allow him to go wide, and then defend Watson the cross. Lee over it. Watson taps to Lee, inside to Lecco, tries to turn, goes back out, he's got Lee forward. Lee in the penalty area. Lee with a shot. Oh, it's gone wide. I think it took a deflection off a Portsmouth defender. For a moment, it looked like it's just going to hit the back of the net. Instead, I think it's going to be a corner Lavelle to Charlton. Gets back. Just forces him back slightly. Bahana still with it. All across goal. Comes towards Marquis, who controls. Still with it. Marquis should have scored. Scuffs his effort. Had more time than he realised. And Charlton get away with one there. Yeah, more importantly, that's going to do nothing for the fan base in the ground. And they're going to start getting a little bit grumpy. And they're going to let the team start to know that this isn't quite good enough. That's three great opportunities Portsmouth have had. Leco again turns. Again can bring it forward. Leco thinking about a shot. Goes for it and Bazunu dives across and I think with his legs in the end clears yeah, it away. Towards what? Uh, towards Arta. It's a nice flick forward towards Gilby. Gilby brings it forward for Cholm. Out to the right to Leco. Gilby continues his run. And Leco finds him. Alex Gilby with the chance and Bazunu again. 
denies Charlton. Receives some treatment. Oh, that's right, yeah. And there is the half-time whistle. As Charlton going to the break with a one-goal deficit. Lead to take. Short to Claire. Claire scores for Charlton! Minutes from coming off the bench. At half-time, Sean Clare scores his first Charlton goal. And you know what? We saw it Tuesday in reverse, where Charlton were dominant, and Charlton potentially could have been more than one goal ahead, but they weren't. And what that always does, it leaves the door half a jar for the opponent to come out and be on the front foot and get back in the game. It's a very well-worked free kick. Elliot Lee looks like he's going to cross it into the middle of the penalty area where we've got some good height, and he just cuts it back to Claire who's coming on and it's a decent finish it's a right footer it's low and hard down to Bazuna's left hand side and it beats him inside his left hand post one all game on usually to Claire. he's got space ahead of him and Claire will run with the ball for Cholton and he's still with it Sean Claire. he's got space ahead of him still with it Claire. he's been fouled by Brown referee plays on as Lee on the ball for Cholton goes to goal and Bazunu with the save for the near post and Brown will get an obvious yellow card Let's go for Cholton turns will go for goal and it's a powerful effort and Bazunu gets his fingertip on it and Cholton with the corner yeah and suddenly it's us in the ascendancy, we're on the front foot, we're looking a bit more confident. Now Curtis and Brown continues his run as Curtis drifts inside. Looks at Marquis, nice little touch towards Harness with the chance, and Portsmouth retake the lead. A little back heel from Marquis into Harness, who converts. And after 71 minutes, it's Charlton 1, Portsmouth 2. Now I just wonder if that's made a difference to the substitution. Fairchild's looking like he's going back to get his bib on. He's sat back down. And if they had have made the change when they wanted to, I'm not sure that goal would have come about, because I'm pretty sure it's a Marquis who sets that up. Again, and now McGilvery's Hurst finds the pressure. And Watson, who can turn, looks at the diagonal ball, cross towards Blackett-Taylor, that's a lovely ball, and Blackett-Taylor controls immediately inside the pounds here. Blackett-Taylor, ball across goal, Davidson! There's the equaliser, there's the impact! Blackett-Taylor, lovely first touch to get past Freeman. Ball across goal, and Josh Davison's on hand. Chilton 2, Portsmouth 2. Yeah, and I want to rewind that all the way back to the build-up in our half. Because there probably was moans around the ground, a little bit of criticism, but as that ball turned, went into Ben Watson, he's turned, he's taken a couple of touches out his feet, and you won't see too many diagonal balls better than that to put Blackett-Taylor in down the left-hand side. Like I said, when he gets the ball at his feet, faces up defenders, they backpedal. He's got the pace to beat him. He puts a brilliant cross in. And the one thing I know about Josh Davidson, he takes up good positions in the penalty area and he can finish. I'm so pleased for him because I thought his performance the other night at Gillingham deserved a goal and it's great to see him get on the score sheet. And there is the full-time whistle as it finishes here. Chelton 2, Portsmouth 2. A real end-to-end game. There we go. That was the highlights from uh, yesterday's game. Um... Yeah, I think a point, probably a fair result, Tom, as you said. And uh, I'm, I'm a little bit from 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 sort of both views on it. Yeah, I thought I thought the opening half an hour was was dreadful. I thought we did actually come back into it just before half time. Got the goal um, at the start of the second half with Sean Clare coming off the bench. And yeah, maybe I felt a little bit it came against the run of play when when Pompey went ahead, and, and we did did really look like we weren't going to get back into it until Corey Blackett Taylor once more. Uh, sort of pulled something out the hat and, and Josh Davison was there. But so, yeah, in, uh, some encouraging signs, but obviously it is another game where we put ourselves in a difficult position purely because, I mean, uh, we, we could easily have been two or three down um, inside the first 20 minutes. I mean, we did have that chance shortly after the opening goal. Um, but yeah, there, there, there were large spells of that game where it was poor and, and large spells where it was all right. So I don't really know how to sum it up. Again, it, it, as I said after the Jidden game, if we'd actually had a decent start to the season and then did a game like that, got a point at home against a, one of the bigger clubs, you'd be like, all right, yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that, see what happens. But purely because of where we are, obviously we, we can't really afford too many spells like we had in that opening 20 minutes. I mean, talk about the opening goal. I, I noticed, Tom, that you, you were quite vocal about how uh, Adam Matthews was overloaded and therefore, I mean, that was his reason for not closing down. But then other people will be saying, well, he should have closed down anyway. Yeah, yeah, it uh, certainly sparked a bit of debate. I think I was, I was at, look, Adam Matthews probably could have made a decision one way or the other. Um, there's a, another podcast I listen to where someone says a, a famous quote about a guy who looks like that and says he's, he's a man caught between two bus stops. And, and there was that feel to Adam Matthews. He didn't, he didn't make a decision. But he, he shouldn't have to. And 
and it happened five, five, six times in that opening 20 minutes where either him on that side or Soiree on the other side, they were two on one so, so easily. And yes, Nigel says he, he changed it after 15 minutes. And yes, the last 15 minutes of that first half, we, we did improve. But, you know, I think this comes back to expectation. Again, Nigel Adkins, an experienced manager, a man who knows the game, I would suggest certainly knows the management of the game better than someone like Lee Boya better than someone like Chris Powell, probably better than most of the Belgian lot that came in in between. And yet, for me, we seem more tactically inept than we did under any of those managers. And yes, he changed it. And yes, eventually we got ourselves back into the game. But for me, that opening 15, 20 minutes was, as I say, the atmosphere turned pretty toxic. Um, And I get it. He just... I felt like we were set up so wrong and that's not the first time I've said that this season and it it just to me it just felt like he looked a little bit lost on the sideline and it's not what I expect from a manager of that caliber and so yeah I just put it out there on Twitter because I thought look Adam Matthews probably could have done better yes he could have tried to show him or he could have closed down the ball like people were saying but ultimately the damage had already been done by the time that player gets put through and and it was a good finish. You know, it wasn't like he let him wander through to the edge of the six-yard box and slot it past McGilvery. It was, you know, a decent shot from the edge of the area. So, look, Matthews could have probably done a little bit better, but there were just faults all over the pitch. And I don't know. I don't know if I just went into the game with the wrong sort of attitude or whatever, but my feeling yesterday just coming away from it was that lack of identity, that no knowledge about how we're supposed to be playing is just filtering through to the fans now. And I'm just finding that very difficult to watch because, as I say, I expected better from a man like Adkins and I want to like him and I like his positivity. But it honestly, it looked like men against boys for that first 20 minutes or so yesterday. Uh, and Portsmouth, as I say, are a side that hadn't won in five or six as well. Uh, mm. And to to perform that badly for that period of time, yes, we go on to get the draw. But I just felt I was so pleased for Josh Davison. We'll come on to talk about that ga- that goal a bit later. But it almost felt like it was papering over cracks a little bit uh, and that concerns me mm, yeah I mean that, that overload on each side we saw quite a lot in that first half and again Nigel he speaks about how you know once more they were playing through the press too easily and we saw that with that that chance for, for John Marquis you know a, a, an easy cross in the end into the into the six yard box and Pierce has gone too far ahead missed the ball and Marquis I mean he really should be scoring it just shows again that we just seem to lack concentration at times at the back Mark yeah, that was strange with um, Pierce because you thought, you know, <laughs> probably the most experienced player on the pitch. And like Tom says, if Marcus actually was a footballer, he'd have buried that. I mean, whether it comes back to bite us later on in the season, you know, our grief we give him, you know, and rightly so. Um, it was, I, you know, I've, I've, Tom said it, I've, and I saw it a lot on Twitter with a couple of the other guys saying it was papering over cracks and. I'm not a hundred percent certain that you know, Nigel looked quite smug, you know, in the interview afterwards, saying about all oh, the substitutions. I'm thinking, well, you know, you've made those substitutions because you got it wrong in the first place. Um, so you shouldn't really be taking applaudits for making the substitutions where you'd always put the players in a position where they're behind. Um, yeah, it could have. You know, we could have been buried by half time. But, you know, it just shows there is some resilience and, you know, there are some players there. And I thought it was a very good finish from Sean Clare and, and for Davison as well. Um, because, you know, they're not easy coming across that side, sitting it with your opposite foot. And um, I was pleased. I mean, slightly worried about um, Corey Blackett-Taylor because I, was, I know there's a lot of calls saying that he was brilliant against Gillingham. Why isn't he starting? And them saying, oh, you know, we were hoping to get 10 minutes out of him. What are you doing putting a player who's only capable of doing 10, 15 minutes on the bench? I, I don't get it. I know Chuck's, you know, last season was a second half sub, you know, to great effect. But I don't understand where you're leaving someone like DJ, who we don't know if he's got an injury or whatever, who we, I presume is fit, against a player who, 
you're thinking, oh, maybe I can get 10 minutes. That was the illogical thing for me when I heard that. Yeah, I mean, we did uh, we did push uh, Nigel on, on DJ yesterday, and you'll hear it in, in the press conference. But, I mean, basically, there's no injury there. He's just not he's just not in the side at the moment. And, and uh, you can hear Nigel's answer uh, as to why that is. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like I said, Tom, I did feel like we came back into it at the start of the second half. We got that goal for Sean Clare. Um, again, if I was a Portsmouth fan, I'd be fuming at the market from that free kick. How can you just let have someone, you know, just a, a simple pass to let someone have a free shot inside the penalty area? Very, very poor. And I felt we were on top, actually, uh, until Portsmouth scored. Did you, I mean, do you agree with me there, Tom? Yeah, I, I absolutely do. Um, when they when they scored, like you said a bit earlier on, I felt it was totally against the run of play. And, and that 20, 25 minutes start of the second half, I, I thought was probably the most positive I'd seen us maybe all season um certainly against a, a a better opposition than we've seen um and so when they scored i did feel it was it was slightly unfair on us uh, in spite of everything i've said about how how bad we were in large parts of yesterday uh and and you know the crowd were were right behind the team at the time and it just felt maybe maybe it was going to be one of those days where we could nick a winner so when they scored, it did feel like the the life was sucked out of everything a little bit. And that's where I, I do agree with Mark that, and I said this on Twitter yesterday, I felt like we kind of got that draw in spite of, of Nigel yesterday, which I know sounds ridiculous given that the substitutions made the difference. But the the desire and the hunger in the players and that resilience, that that definitely was there yesterday. You could see that. And, you know, there have been players that have been called into criticism, you know, rightly so in, in some games, but they're not... I didn't feel in that second half they were hiding. I felt like they were trying to play the right passes, trying to play the attacking passes. Um, you know, I think, you know, even that last guy, I've been actually quite uh, impressed with Ben Watson in large parts in recent weeks, but he came in for a lot of criticism yesterday. But then he plays that lovely long ball forward to set the goal up. You know, I thought Claire had obviously been dropped for a few games, gets his goal. I thought he came on and made a big difference. Um, Stockley is still a big concern. I don't know if we're going to talk about him more just generally, but him starting is just worrying me the the more that we play him. Um, so, yeah, I thought that second half there were there were positives in terms of the resilience of the side and the way we played, but it, it's still not enough. And, you know, we'll hear from Nigel about what he's saying about pre-season almost and getting minutes into legs. We We can't afford to do that. I know we did our business late, but... As fans, we're not going to buy that as an as an excuse or a reason. You know, we're in the middle of the season already. We're, we're what seven games yeah. in? Yeah, I mean, certainly, like that. certainly we, not for much longer. I did ask Nigel no, to, exactly. to almost put a timeline on it, which obviously doesn't. But at some point, that that excuse has to sort of fade away, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And you know, the players that he's dropping, DJ, I assume it's just being dropped. Kirk, you know, hasn't impressed so far. But they need, yes, they need to get minutes into their legs, but. At some point, and this is where I come back to, I don't feel like he knows what he's doing just yet. He's going to have to settle on a, an 11 or maybe, you know, a 13, 14 with a couple of changes each week and, and just run with a side. Because at the moment that, and we've said this, what, five weeks now, that I, there's no identity. There's no knowledge of how to play. I don't know if we are a long ball team up to him. I don't know if we are a... Uh, you know, a short passing side. I don't know if we're supposed to be using width because everything's changing every single week. And, you know, yes, it's his job to figure that out, but he should be figuring it out on the training ground so that he can go into week weekends with an idea. But every time we take to the field on Saturday, we come off a press conference where he said, oh yeah, everything's been brilliant in training. And every Saturday now, I feel like there are periods in games, if not the whole game, where we just look utterly lost. And I just feel that identity still isn't there. And if he can figure that out, then as I say, I still feel like I want him to be the man to take us forward. But as you just said there, it, he's got a time limit and, you know, fans aren't going to be patient for much longer. So, uh, yeah, uh, positives again yesterday in spells, but but not enough for me. Hmm. Yeah, um, I mean, we should talk about that equaliser then. I mean, already mentioned there by Tom that the long ball from Watson, which was pinpoint and, and Blackett Taylor, um, you know, uh, as we're not sports scientists, we always just think, well, just chuck him in anyway. And there was a lot of people disappointed he didn't start yesterday, but we don't know the, the statistics on, and the red zones or whatever it is the sports scientists do know. But what we do know, Mark, is that he came on and he made a massive difference once more. And uh, so please for him and please for Josh Davison, who I think will feel unlucky that he didn't start. I mean, Tom mentioned there about Stockley. Davison played really well against Gillingham. We looked at a different side when he was playing. Um, came off the bench and, and similar yesterday. I, I, 
what what more does he have to do to start starting more regularly at the moment? I don't, I don't know because you know Nigel says oh he's been fantastic in pre-season blah 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 and then goes oh but you can sit on the bench and I'm just thinking well what does that tell the young man? Um, I thought he was you know great against Gillingham, full of energy, full of running, physical. You know can can push him. You know use his strength and use his size because he's not a small slight thing. And uh, I I just didn't understand why. You know, I don't see why you can't play them together. I mean, I know it's it's very archaic, but I've always been an advocate of a four four two. I'm thinking if you've got wingers, Leco, uh, Kirk, DJ, you know, Blackett Taylor, you know, who can cause damage, and then you've got two in the front who can feed off each other. Okay, Washington wasn't there, but you've got Davison. Why not play him and Stockley together? I've this this whole idea of playing one up. And like Tom says, you know, he was worried about us just hitting it long and Stockley nodding it on to sort of like no one running on. You know, you've got Davison's pretty decent in the air. You know, they can do those roles. I, I don't know what else he can do. I mean, I'd have started him, but um, it, it's, it's a weird one. And like I said earlier, you know, we don't know. They say they're managing uh, Blackett Taylor's health, as it were. And again, I, I just don't understand why you would put someone on your bench who you're thinking, you know what, leave him off for this game, say, right, we're going, and then let him go go for it against Bolton. Mm. You know, and it's saying, if that's the way you've got, if that's the one you want to manage players, take them out totally. Don't put a player who you can't trust for a whole half. I mean, say um, someone's been injured in the first thing and he's looking, goes, okay, put Kirk on. Okay, Kirk gets injured. What do we do for an attacking threat? And, and again, oh, we're, we're going to be stuck. So... I don't know, it's a strange one, because they, they hide behind the, oh, you know, we're, we're protecting them. And I, I think sometimes that's a bit of a, just an easy, easy answer. Interesting stuff. Right, well, let's hear then from Nigel Atkins. As I said, it's a really bizarre press conference. Basically, Danny Cowley was in there doing his one beforehand. Then just as he got up to leave, he spied all the, the meat pies and the cups of tea that they give us at, at the back of the room, decided he wanted one, and then so he started making a cup of tea, so I was sort of like, well, let's just wait till he leaves. But then someone else just started the press conference. So halfway through the first couple of answers, Nigel Atkins disappears to get a cup of tea off, uh, off Danny Cowley. So anyway, this is what Nigel Atkins made uh, of yesterday's 2-2 draw uh, with Portsmouth. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's football, isn't it? You know, it's, uh, the, the fans got right behind the players, which is massively important. It was a good game. Obviously, we've responded in the right manner. You know, we've conceded, a, from our point of view, a two-open goal. So we've gone, down, gone behind early doors. Um, but the players have responded in a real good manner. Oh, thanks, Dan. Um, and two substitutions which paid off. It was a bang on half time. You know, half time. We've uh, let's just get this off, Dan. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Stop, the life of a, of a football manager, you know, we're all in it, we're all in this boat, you know what it's like. Sometimes when you're winning games, it's great, sometimes when you're losing games, it's very challenging. So, uh, but I've been in it a long, long time, I know what it's like, I know we do the right things. Um, um, but from my point of view, obviously, we gave a poor goal away from our point of view. Elliot Lee's at the post, we could have got back into the game straight away. Um, changed our shape after 15 minutes, I think that was important for us to get a foothold back into the game. Uh, and second half made a substitution. Sean Clare more or less with his first touch, you know, a little free kick, and uh, he's gone and scored. And the the valley was rocking, wasn't it? It was a fantastic atmosphere. Our players have shown great spirit again. You know, having a right good go for each other. Um, we've conceded a second goal, where we've had the ball in there attacking third. So we've been done on the counter attack from that point of view. Um, but you know, as you said, substitution there. Corey Blacker Taylor, he played his first 90 minutes the other night. You know, it was a big gamble even to have him on the bench because when a player as dynamic as Corey and an injury history he's had, I think you know, we can't probably remember the last time he's played 90 minutes. But he's come on, electrifying pace. And Josh Davison, who probably could count himself unlucky not to start today after his performance the other night in his, his first game, comes up with the equalising goal because he's been, he's been great all the way through pre-season. So yeah, you know, it's a, a change of shape. Um, substitutes coming on and impacting the game and scoring goals helped. Great spirits amongst all the players. Fantastic atmosphere in the valley. Um, we're disappointed that we haven't got three. I'm sure the opposition are disappointed they haven't got three. 
and both of us have got to settle with one. Danny was saying that he saw that you had to match up with him in the first half. Was there something in that opening stage that you thought had to change? Well, I changed it after 15 minutes. Yeah. You know, our enthusiasm to go and press allowed them to, to get the first goal because we've jumped too early and they've been able to play through in there. So, um, you know, a lot of teams are playing like with a three and a box in midfield and wing-backs and a one in the centre. We talked about it. And one of the previous games we talked about, um, when we do our debrief, we, you know, lessons learned from previous games. So we knew straight away what we wanted to go and do. Um, and the players adapted to that very well and got us a grip into the game. Which is, which is an important thing. And again, I highlight the way their goalkeeper comes out. But he's like an extra outfield player, isn't he? And then when you look at what we've done in the second half, now we've done it, uh, the, the split in there. You know, it's... Um, listen, it's, it's a, it was a good game of football, um, which has ended up in four goals. Atmosphere was fantastic. Um, and everyone's working really hard. You're trying to take that as a positive. Last couple of games now, you're starting to see spells and, and picking up the odd point here. Well, listen, we have talked about it. It's like pre-season in respect of Ben Perrington played his first 90 minutes the other day. Pape Suarez played his first 90 minutes today. Alex Gilby's played his first 90 minutes today. Um, Corey Blackett-Taylor the other night played his first 90 minutes. He's now played a bit of time here. Ariata played 90 the other day. He's played 45 today. We've got a lot of players who are trying to find that level of fitness who's coming late for us through the transfer window. You know, We've got a group of players who want to do well. They're demonstrating, yet again, a great spirit for each other. Um, we've got ability, um, you know, and we want to do well for Charlton Football Club. It must be quite hard to find that, that line of, we've seen the amount of changes you've had to make because of those, those levels of fitness. And how, how long do you think it would sort of take to level out until you can sort of well, pick, as I said, pick it to the more consistent You'd, you'd normally be looking at this as a pre-season period where players will play 45 minutes, 60 minutes, 75 minutes, building into 90 minutes. And we've got players who have come back have maybe not, have had an injury history as well so when you add that up and maybe not playing as much time and the intensity that we're expecting them to go and play at it's a challenge but how do we get them to that level we've got to play them but there's only so much we can play them for because we don't want to get them broke down with injury <coughs> and we've got to get them to a level of fitness so it's, it's a challenge I think everybody I'd like to think everybody could see that um, and it's taken a bit of time it's going to take a bit of time but with a master squad of players that can do really well this season. Blackett Taylor, one of those, again, came off the bench with, with some real energy at the uh, towards the end of the game. Oh, listen, I was desperate to start him, but I knew that would have been the biggest risk ever um, because he played 90 the other day for the first time in a long time, 45 the other day. The recovery period is, is a short one. You can see how dynamic he is. He has had an injury history before. Um, we're just going to make sure we can keep him right and he's, he's certainly on the right track now which is great because you look at the influence that he's had in the game today and we're going to head to, to Tuesday with Bottom do you think it will be sort of quite a lot of changes again just to try and manage the squad at the moment well we'll be in in the morning we'll reassess everybody you know Connor Washington didn't play today from the injury he picked up the other night I'd like to think he'll be available this on Tuesday but as I said we'll um, we'll be in in the morning first thing we'll debrief the game uh, the fit and on selected will be training and everybody else will be doing the, the recovery session in preparation to get ourselves ready for Tuesday's training session and uh, for Monday's training session and Tuesday's game. So we've got like a, a full-on period. Um, but everyone, you, you can see it. The players have shown a spirit yet again. They want to do well for each other. And can, I, can I ask about DJ in, in particular? He's a player that a lot of fans are curious about because obviously he did start a lot of games. Now he hasn't yeah. been involved recently. I mean, is he just a, a, a victim of the size of the squad at the moment? Is he? Yes. Is he not playing his way back into your plans? Yeah, training? because I really, really like DJ. <laughs> we've got a, we've got a size of squad. There's only eleven outfield players that can pick, and there's only seven impact players substitutes that can go and pick for any one game. And again, what I've talked about it, I've probably got seven or eight players who aren't even on the bench, who are training. And then when we talk about the young players that we had who made up the, the squad at the start of, or through pre-season, and I want to make sure they're a pathway for them, they're back training with the under-23s again now. So we've assembled a large group, but we've got to get them all to a level. So it, it's, it's, it's a challenge. It's a challenge where you've got to try and get everyone to the level. And it's a challenge where you've got to make difficult decisions because the players we've got, I really like all the players. So I'll never ever be personal. I just want, I've got to make a decision at any given time that's going to be right to see if we can get a performance and get a victory for the here and now, but also mindful of the next game, Tuesday's game, Saturday's game, Tuesday's game, as we build through. And then over a period of time, hopefully, 
we've got everybody in a good position. Cheers. In terms of how the Arta going off at half time, how did you assess his performance today? Harry's still got, you know, he hasn't played football for a long time. You know, so um, Harry's playing, it's, he's played 45 minutes, 90 the other day, 45 minutes today. It's all going to be beneficial for him. You know, I thought Sean Clare's done well when he's come in, scored straight away. Uh, he's got that bit of energy about him, Sean, which is really, really good. And he's been out with an injury. You know, Sean's finding his feet. So again, we're talking about now Alex Gilby playing 90 minutes. Sean got injured against Crawley, I think it was. And he's been out since then. So he's been finding his feet to try and get back to a level of fitness. Uh, he's not ready to play 90 minutes yet. You know, so it's um, it's the interesting thing, isn't it? It's how you try and put it all together. Do you think is Connor Washington likely to be available for you on Tuesday? Would you say as things stand now? I'm hoping so. You know, he's um, you know he was in yesterday. He was doing a bit of mobility yesterday. You know, you know we'll be in tomorrow and we'll just see where we go with everybody. Just with DJ, is it fair to say that he hasn't delivered enough for you? Because the fact you've got someone like Corey Blackett Taylor, who's a young player that's come in and seems to have seized the opportunity. Does that reflect on DJ at all or not? No, I think it just shows we've got a strong group of players coming in. And you look at Corey Blackett-Taylor the other night, you look at Corey Blackett-Taylor against Wickham, and you look at Corey Blackett-Taylor for the 10 minutes here. And I'm fortunate that I get to see them every single day in training. So I know what they're doing on a consistent basis. Now, ultimately, I've got to make a decision on who's, who's the starting eleven and who's the impact to come off the bench to maybe change it, thinking that, for example, uh, a player he's probably can only play for 60 minutes. He might be able to only play for 45 minutes. So I've been going into games knowing that I've already made three substitutions before we even kicked off. Mm. That's not an ideal situation. Mm. So we've got to try and manage our way through this, which I think we are doing. This league is so tough and hectic that one minute you'll bring them up to speed and before you know it, you'll be patching them up and keeping them going, won't you? Just yeah. Just because of the amount of fixtures. And, yeah, you know. that's it. But I'd like to think we've amassed a squad of players now that will be able to deal with that situation. But as I've just said there, it's like that pre-season bit. You're trying to get everybody up to speed, but we're doing that in the season, which is always going to be the challenge, you know? Yeah. But I really like DJ, and I've said it before. You know, I've said, I watch think, out for that man, Jay. I think, I think fans think there's something's happened there. That's Not, the nothing well. whatsoever. Okay. I really like, you look at the, the wide players we've got, we've got Jai Simi, we've got Kirk, we've got Lika, we've got Corey Blackett-Taylor, we've got Charles Clayton, who I think's exceptional. He's gone back with the 23s at the moment, you know, you look at the game he played against Crawley, he got his gate, he came on and, uh, you know, during pre-season, really, really good. So we've got wide players, Connor Washington, when we've been playing as a three, he's been playing narrow up there, you know, Elliot Lee started that position today. We've got an, a massive talent there's only so many they can play. Mm. We have to understand that. And ultimately, we have to make a decision. Yeah. And the beauty of football is we've all got an opinion. And it's all a talking point. And that's why you guys can have things to write. And the fans can have a beer, thankfully now, and sit and talk about football. I would have done this, I would have done that. Which is brilliant, is it not? We were in lockdown for so long and we've missed this opportunity to do it. It's, it's brilliant. Yeah. It's all about an opinion, you know? Ultimately, I've got to make the decision. And ultimately, there's a lot of things that go into the process to try and do that. My objective is to put a team out, one, that's going to be really passionate and entertaining and enjoyable for the Charlton Athletics to come and watch and win games of football. Because we all want the same thing. You know? So what I'm doing, I'm doing that for the right reasons. Um, I'm privy to a lot of the information that goes on that maybe a lot of people aren't. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. 
good challenge by Gunter and Charlie can break here. It's three on two. Jaisimi switches the play across to Washington. Washington, ball forward to Stockley. Can he get there? Stockley still with it. Jaden Stockley! from the addicts Washington calm composed on the ball fast forward to Stockley who just let the ball run across him takes it past Jaskolainen and finishes Charlton Live right welcome back to Charlton Live uh, just before the break there we heard from Nigel Atkins I think uh, we should also mention actually uh, the uh, the ceremony to unveil the mosaic yesterday for uh, for Seb Lewis and uh, absolute literally a piece of art but I thought it looked uh, it looked amazing uh, so it's so a well done to everyone involved with that and it was a really uh, moving ceremony and uh, both Richard Wiseman for the trust and uh, Seb's father Lionel spoke really well so yeah it was uh, a, 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 like a, a a tough a tough few minutes but a, a really uh, a really fitting tribute to, to Sebo uh, especially whoever it was who left a blue WKD at the bottom of the uh, at the foot of the mosaic for him at the end which is uh, uh, was his favourite drink so it's a well done to whoever did that so I mean um Nigel Atkins then Tom uh, he he needs to start getting wins I think everyone knows that but it, it's just the I mean at what point does the preseason I mean we've sort of half discussed it already but at what point does the preseason argument end well I, I would say now uh, if he wants Tuesday maybe but for me it, it's not an excuse and I feel a little bit, and you know, we've had this debate a few times. What does it matter that he doesn't come out and clap to fans? What does it matter? You know, the the kind of I didn't see him particularly celebrate the goals. I don't. He might have done, and I just missed it. That that emotional bond. It feels very distant as a Charlton manager, and and maybe we've been fortunate with the likes of, of Boyer and Powell, and and obviously Kirbishly. Um, but I feel like that's a big part of Charlton's identity, and. As a result, I don't feel like Nigel Adkins is going to get the patience that some of those managers would. Um, and for me, he doesn't do a lot to to warm to fans in that way. And that's not necessarily his job. His job is to manage the team. And I get that. And back end of last season, obviously, went on a run. And, you know, he's an experienced manager. He's been in the game a long time. He knows far better than me how to, how to run a football team. But I, I'm just not getting that connection with him or the team at the moment, because there are so many changes to the team. And I feel, I don't know, I don't know if I'm speaking for for more than just myself when I say all of that, because I feel like if there was an identity there, if there was a a manager who had that connection to the club, if Jacko was in charge, for example, I feel like there would be an element of, of, of patience and of giving him that time. And if he came out and said, look, we did our business late, I wonder whether we'd give him more time now that either means Nigel needs to do that more or it means we're being unfair to Nigel purely because he's not ex-Charlton in which case maybe we should be a bit more uh patient with him I don't know but it's a really difficult one I'm just I'm just struggling to connect with this team at the moment and obviously it would probably be easier if we were winning games so you know we're in a tough spell at the moment anyway um but I feel like if we don't win the next couple it's going to be tough for him. And, and I don't feel like that pre-season message is, is going to wash anymore. So, yeah, I feel like we've said this a couple of times already in the early stages of the season, but it's a massive week coming up now. Uh, obviously, a, a game against Bolton at home on Tuesday and then a long trip away on Saturday. Uh, and if we come out of that with six points, you know, we might be here next Sunday in a completely different mood. But if we don't, if we don't get at least four from those two games, I feel like questions are going to be asked and that pressure is going to ramp up. Mm, indeedy right let's have a look at some of the tweets that have come in Phil says we want 4-4-2 we always play better with two up top uh, Tease Tracy uh, Flanagan and Hales even going back to Laurie and Leary time to go back to 4-4-2 playing one up top was Robinson's down for a lone striker has no support and any aerial wins go to the defence uh, KD says uh, might have battled back for the point but it won't mean anything if we drop more points on Tuesday night for me Adkins has to go ASAP it uh, looks like a finish mid-table or maybe even lower 
uh, if he stays. Uh, John Stewart says the second half was a huge improvement, uh, more like the Cholton uh, of old, whereas Big Tone says it was an awful first half where Pompey were by far the stronger team. Uh, we looked completely lost all over the pitch. Much improved second period, inspired by Sean Clare's entrance. Uh, Wayne slightly after the goal, but picked up again after Blackett, Taylor and Davison came on. Uh, Adkins uh, knows we are a better team without Stockley on the pitch. Davison is proving he can run the front line. It's not Stockley's fault, but the team played differently when he's not there. It will take a lot of balls from Adkins to keep his uh, captain Stockley on the bench. Uh, but will he do it? Also, I want to add uh, that we better offer Corey Blackett-Taylor a new contract uh, right now. Uh, Timsey says, Pompey's first goal uh, from the area we've seen before. A great finish, but our flanks are getting overloaded far too easily. The goal came from the team failing to press, uh, letting Arta uh, chase alone past it from the back to the front uh, in seconds to score. The defensive shape is awful. Uh, Adkins talks about uh, the shape all the time, but out of possession, our shape is really poor. It's like the players don't understand Adkins and we seem lost. Uh, we look better when dropping the press, uh, but we still have opposition players running from midfield with no trackers. It's a tactical shambles. Uh, on the positives, I thought Gilby uh, getting 90 and looking good. Davison uh, goal and uh, seeing Corey Blackett-Taylor carrying on where he left off. My feelings are as follows, though. What does Butlins and Charlton have in common? Uh, their season ends in October. <laughs> uh, very good, Timsey. Cheers for that. Uh, Dave Boy said it was absolute rubbish. Um, and Michael says we got outplayed badly at times. We somehow fought back for a point. But until we start winning, we can't really say uh, it's good enough. And then Martin says, are Adkins' excuses for our hit and miss performances valid? And uh, do they justify why our performances have failed to get beyond 45 minutes uh, of acceptable football? And I think we've heard there uh, Tom and Mark's views on those uh, already. I really think we need to start sharpening uh, up our ideas. Right, here's one man who did sharpen up his ideas yesterday and had a good season actually so far. Um, last couple of games, Josh Davison started at Gillingham and, and changed the way we played. Um, looked very good and then obviously got the last minute, well, the last few minutes equaliser against Portsmouth yesterday. There's a little clip of uh, our chat with him yesterday. You can get the full chat on uh, uh, the SLP website uh, tomorrow morning, Monday morning. But this is uh, what Josh Davison had to say uh, after the game against Portsmouth. Considering we went 2-1 down, is a good point to take. Um, the boys reacted well going down. I felt... We could have probably got more from the game, but a point's better than none. And obviously you popped up with your, your goal at the end there, nice, uh, nice little landmark for you. I think it's your first league goal at that end, I've worked out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My first one in front of our home fans, which is obviously always good to get. And my first one, first league goal this season, which is good to get off the mark. It's laid on a plate for you as well by, by Corey Blackett. It's a sort of service that strikers can only dream of sometimes. Yeah, them goals are my favourite ones. Little back post tap in. When Corey gets the ball, he's so quick, 1v1, so good as well. I know, just get in the box and it should come and he's put me on the plate, so I'm happy. Yeah, always, I guess at the back of mind, there's always a little bit of pressure when, you, when you're that late on not, not to fluff it, so you have to make sure that you, you made it count. Yeah, of course, you just got to focus on the contact, but four yards out. I back myself, so yeah, we take that. I wouldn't back myself. But, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's obviously uh, you started on, on on Tuesday and had a pretty good game, and and then come back in today as a summer. How are you feeling this this season, sort of going for you? Um, for me, it's been it's been quite good. I'm learning a lot. Uh, I feel I'm I'm improving every day. Um, the coaching's been very good for me as well. Confidence wise, the boys are good with me, and uh, I feel as confident as I can be at this moment. I mean, how was it like in, in pre-season? Because obviously you had, you had your loan spell away, that was it last season, and then um, you, you, I guess you were told you, you were going to be part of the plans for this year, is that sort of how it worked? Yeah, so um, when I first came in, obviously I never really had a chat with Gaffer before, and um, I was coming in basically as a fresh face, really, and uh, he said to me, just show me what you got. I was done well in pre-season, and then obviously I was told I was going to be staying around and that's the kind of faith that you want. And then I've got to try and repay it. There you go. That was Josh Davison. Um, yeah, good good performance uh, from him. Uh, Mark, I mean, we, we're going to hear some more fans bar in a sec, but I just want to ask you actually, just put you on the spot then. So obviously uh, Tom, Tom's probably answered this a few times already, but in terms of Nigel Atkins' future, because that is something that comes up a lot in the fans bar. Um, if, you, if I was to put a gun to your head right now, what, what, were, what would be your decision? He's out. As simple as that. He's out. Jacko's in um, with Jason Yule as number two. I think you'll get that. Both new manager and Charlton player, ex-Charlton player, bounce. Um, 
Jacko's not going to hide, and he's going to demand more. Maybe Nigel is too nice to the players, telling them, oh, you know, you're, so, you're such a great, you know, such a great training session. You're brilliant. You're excellent. You can walk on water. You know, unfortunately, I mean, I think Jacko is probably more likely to put a rocket up them if they're not doing well. I mean, I think like like Bo had that in him, and to an extent, Chris Powell as well. You know, it's praise them when they're doing well, but when they're doing wrong, make sure they know about it. And I don't know. I I imagine sort of like being sort of like rollicked by Nigel Atkins is being is like having a, a puppy chew on your toe. It's not going to. You know, sometimes you <laughs> actually need a rockweiler to to rip your leg off so you know about it. Yeah, I mean they play I mean, a lot worse if they only have one leg. Yeah, but to be quite honest, I think some of our players with one leg, I could name players we've had. No, no, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> let's look into that. Right, let's hear from the fans bar then. So Benji went into the fans bar after the game yesterday to ask you guys for your opinions on yesterday's performance. Well, the first half, we was no shape whatsoever. I, I couldn't see anything going on. And the second half, most of the weirdest game I've ever seen, where like there was five or 10 minute spurts of like really good and absolute awful and I think personally Blackie Taylor should have been on from the start. It was probably a bit of a uh, slow start in the first half to a point where I thought we offered nothing. Second half change it about a bit but don't really understand why Jai Simi or Kirk aren't playing. There was not really any width until Blackie come on. Seemed quite disjointed and slightly unsure why Watson's on set pieces. Why Pierce is playing, I still don't have any idea. Looks like he's, uh, he looked like he was well off the ball today, if I'm honest. In my opinion, first half, Adkins is getting all the stick for that. But if you're a professional footballer, the geezer's 20 yards from the box, and I'm, no one wants to close the ball down and put pressure on the ball. Adkins cannot be getting a stick for that. You're a professional footballer, it's League One at the Premier, I get that, but you're a professional footballer. Enjoyed it tremendously. There were four goals. We've travelled all the way from Cornwall to see Charlton play. It was one of those games where, at stages, I didn't think we were going to get anything. And at the end, we come away with a 2-2. And that's enough to make me happy. And hopefully, we'll get the team to progress for next week. at the end of the day, that we got the point rather, not luckily, but it just doesn't seem to be any coherency within... The team. The first half, they seem to be strangers. They're obviously looking to perform what the manager wants them to do, but they don't have the ability to express themselves. Personally, after the first half, um, if I was in, if I was the owner, it'd be gone. But Tuesday night, I think one last game. Whether we've got the money to pay him off as well to. True. If he can go or not, it's another. It's got to be another three, four games, isn't it? I don't think if he wins any of them, I can't see how we. I can't see how we can stay. If, if I'm on, I'd, I'll put Jacko and Yule in. I'd, we can't stay in a relegation zone, can we? It's, we uh, we were we were going to apparently rip this league apart, and I knew we would get out of the league, but I thought I'd be going up. As a bloke, he's brilliant. You can't vote him. Interaction with the fans, social media, everything. He's brilliant. He's what we want. He's a football manager. You're only as good as your last result. This week, he's had a chance to pick up nine points. Wickham, Gillingham, Portsmouth. He's picked up two. I'm, I don't think putting a gun to a manager's head and saying in three games, if you don't win, you're out. I think what we should be doing is all working together to get the team further up the table. So I don't think we could actually say that personally. But there are factions or there are lots of supporters who want immediate results. And that's not always a given for any team or club. He's a nice man. He's got his ideas of doing things, but they are obviously not working. And I think, unless we want to avoid a complete and utter disaster this season, then he will have to be relieved of his duties sooner rather than later. There we go, a real good mix of uh, opinions again from the fans. Bye, well done, Ben, for, for going to get those uh, for us. And thanks for everyone who spoke to us. Um, yeah, so a, a real mix of views. Some some willing to give Nigel Atkins a bit longer, some want him out uh, right now. And I think that does show sort of the split in the in the fan base uh, at the moment. Right, let's have a look at a couple of emails that have come in as well. Steve Richards uh, says uh, that Nigel said it was a good point after the Gillingham and the Portsmouth game, really, against a depleted Gillingham side 
and an out-of-form Pompey. It's not good enough. Our goals and assists have come from subs, which points to him picking the wrong starting lineup. Uh, dropping Corey Blackett-Taylor after positive performances was baffling. Too many changes in personnel and systems. Not his fault, but he has to go unless there's a dominant win over Bolton where the team plays well for the entire 90 minutes. Last chance saloon. It says, question, would you have Powell back uh, with Curves as director of football? I mean, we always get tempted to sort of uh, drift into the past, don't we, as football fans? But, you know, I'm not sure. I think I'm sure Powell's pretty happy with his jobs at Spurs in England and, and Curves has been out of the game for so long, hasn't he? So... Uh, not entirely sure I personally would, but I'm sure there's people out there who would. Right, Simon says, uh, I get the fans calling for a change, uh, especially uh, with six points from a possible 27. Uh, but the season is not yet over, uh, but it will take a terrific run of form to get back into contention. It's improbable, but not impossible. If we do change the manager, whoever comes in will have the same squad at least until January. So we'll face the same challenge, namely getting the squad fit and trained in a way of playing. The worry with Atkins is that we cannot get a sense of the style and shape of the team as we don't seem to have a core unit defined yet. Surely we need to start with a system uh, and then freshen up with the creative pace that we know we have once the game spreads out. But right now, it just looks like a real mess. If we change or if we don't, we're still looking at least another month before the team is fit enough and gelled enough to perform. We are suffering from the amount of new signings that we needed and their necessary late arrival. Looking at Ipswich, they seem to be having the same issue. It's never easy uh, following Charlton, but things will change. Look at Brentford. Yeah, they're uh, flying high. Uh, which we are certainly not. Right, Craig uh, says, Hi, all great show as always. Cheers, Craig. Um, Poor start again from the lads, but they did show some guts to get a point. I thought uh, Adkins' time is up, uh, but I don't think that Thomas Sangar will chop him so soon. Uh, We need to do much better. Corey Blackett-Taylor's been a revelation. We really need to tie him down. Uh, We go again on Tuesday. Up the addicts. That's from Craig. Cheers, Craig. And then finally, Chris says, Really mixed feelings about yesterday. The first half was poor, so narrow, which I I just don't understand when we could play wide players. Uh, Second half, the team showed fight. When we had width, we were dangerous. Being optimistic, I hope yesterday is a small step forward. But Nigel needs to work out a system style and who who to play uh, very fast. A very restless crowd first half. It feels like this is very much still on a knife edge for Nigel. And that's from Chris. Cheers, Chris. Right, um, plenty to fit in today. Now, today I was down at the Oakwood. We're going to look ahead to the Bolton game, I think, just uh, in a few moments' time. But today I was down at the Oakwood uh, for the women's uh, team, their second home game uh, of the season. Uh, against Blackburn. Um, let's have a listen to what happened uh, today. And we're also going to hear from uh, manager Karen Hills and from one of the goal scorers, Emma Follis. It's cleared away initially, but Rutherford keeps the ball alive. Finding some space down the left-hand flank. That's a good curl. It goes into the back of the net and Rutherford gives Charlton a very deserved lead. 37 minutes on the clock. She deserves that. Charlton deserved that. They've got the lead. They've had to be patient. They've had to be resilient. And fantastic scenes here at the Oakwood as Rutherford celebrates with her teammates on the sidelines. Winter change of passes there. Follis has beaten the offside trap. Can she take the ball around the goalkeeper? She can. Can Follis get the shot? She can. That is it. That is the second from Charlton. It's the substitute making her impact off the bench there. She did ever so well to beat the offside trap. Yeah, really pleased, um, obviously, to, to get the bounce back from, from Durham, which was a very disappointing trip. Uh, but today, I thought the girls executed the plan really well and, and came out and always nice to get the three points. Yes, uh, delighted. It's great to get uh, three points on the board and a clean sheet. Um, I think it was a scrappy game, but we um, we battled through and then our quality shone in the end. Not a bad way to mark your debut as well, to, to pop up with your all-important second goal. Yeah, no, it's great to come on. It's good to get on. It's been a rough couple of weeks, um, so to be able to contribute and, and help the team and, and get on the score sheet is ultimately what I'm here. I thought both defensives stood really strong in the first half. Um, if I'm honest, it didn't look like anyone was going to break down. It was probably going to come through the set piece. Uh, but no, obviously Ella Rutherford does what Ella Rutherford does and we see it time and time again in training. She picks up the ball in a fantastic area and, and obviously like hits that hits that top corner which we've seen many times before. But no, it took that to break to break us down or to break them down. However, um, I do think we could have had a few more to make it a little bit more comfortable. We're not putting too much pressure on ourselves, I think. Obviously, uh, we know what the expectation is. Like We all believe that within ourselves. And I think if you don't aim high, then there's no point playing football. So um, we've just got to take it game by game. It's cliche, but um, we want to just uh, build on what we've got. We're a new team and just kind of go from there, really. Our expectation levels of ourselves have, have shifted, um, and rightly so. Um, resources that 
we've we've now been able to access. I think it, it gives us a platform to to be the best we can, um, and we can only control what we can control, and that's obviously within our camp. We've got a positive attitude, great culture, uh, the environment that we've set is is fantastic, and and the players are doing everything we're asking. So, no, we we put our own um, expectation on ourselves, and, and we'll take each game as it comes because this league isn't going to be. Uh, uh, I think you look at the results, and I haven't seen the results today, but I'm pretty sure that this league is going to be wide open uh, for a long period of time. There's not going to be a team that runs away with it. Any team's going to beat anyone. So as long as we focus and concentrate on what we do, um, the performances will take care of themselves. There you go, a lovely little 2-0 win uh, for the girls over Blackburn. Ella Rutherford on the score sheet again. Um, I don't know, probably a cross, maybe a shot, but uh, yeah, certainly edge the addicts ahead shortly before half-time. Um, and then uh, Follis sort of killed it off in the last five minutes or so, just when they needed to. I think Chatham were good value for it, but it's always a little bit nervy uh, when it's 1-0. Uh, Rutherford nearly had another one from outside the air, and I think we saw Godfrey hit the post as well. So a good performance from the girls, and uh, yeah, big game coming up uh, in midweek. The quarterfinals of the FA Cup, last season's FA Cup, carrying over to this season uh, away at Brighton. If the girls can win that, imagine that as FA Cup semi-final uh, for this new group. A really exciting time uh, for the girls. Well done to everyone involved uh, down there. Right, so Bolton coming up on Tuesday then Tom uh, buzzing to be back down the valley again can't wait yeah yeah it'll be fun um, but they've lost I think they've lost three of their last five as well I know they're up in sort of mid table upper mid table but yeah it's uh, well it's, uh, at the moment I feel like for the last few seasons I've said there's no tough game in this division I think at the moment with the way we're playing there's no easy game in this division uh, I think it's going to be another tough one but I imagine we'll see changes again. Obviously, this time slightly more understandable with the game just coming in three days, but it'll be interesting to see who he goes with. Um, I'd love to see Josh Davison start. Uh, I'd like to see Blackett Taylor start, but I suspect probably not, given what we heard him say about his fitness. But as that emailer just said, just a bit of width. Um, it doesn't matter whether we've got Stockley in there or not. We need width either way, and... I think we just need to, uh, yeah, go with our wingers. Uh, again, like Mark said, I, I wouldn't mind a four-four-two. I know Washington's probably not going to be fit, but going four-four-two and having two strikers and just having a go because the the one or two times we've seen that this season, we've looked a lot better. So, um, yeah, I mean, I always look forward to going to the Valley, however badly we're playing. Um, but yeah, it's going to be uh, interesting to see. I think at the moment, none of us can really predict the lineup or the formation every time. So. Yeah, 6.45 when the team news comes out will be another interesting one, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's been 18 changes in the last three games, Mark, and you probably do expect the same on Tuesday evening. Um, but I've said it, I've said it every, every game now. We need, we need a result and, and Nigel needs a performance to go along with it. Well, I, I did put out on Twitter that I did think he was literally just picking the team like bingo balls out of like the first 11 game. Oh, put Macro in goal on the next 11. Um, yeah, it's... Again, like some you don't know whether he's setting us up to counteract what the other team are doing, or he wants to set us up to do to our strengths. I mean, I think he's caught sort of like Twixt and Tween, to it, if I'm honest. And it's hard to say who he's going to bring in. You know, I think Perrington will probably come back in. I can't see him changing the rest of the back three, uh, back four. You know, with Pierce and uh, staying where he is. You know, midfield's another one. Does he bring Albie back in? Does he bring now Claire's, you know, got a bit of enthusiasm about him? Do you bring him back in? <sighs> Charlie Kirk again. I mean, the interesting thing will be if he puts DJ anywhere near the squad. If he doesn't, then that's, I think that flies up a huge red flag for us. And um, again, I'd start Davison, but I'd start him alongside Stockley because I just think his enthusiasm and you let the other team worry about you. You know, don't be worried about them so much. Let them worry about your strengths. I'm worried about us at the moment. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I know, and I, and I can see that. But, you know, the advantage of, you know, that Terry and myself have is that we've watched for a lot more years and watched a lot worse teams. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't seem like it now. Yeah, I mean, you but, say that, but you know, this, this, is surely, this is surely the lowest we've ever been in, in, in any of our lifetimes, like in the relegation zone in League One. We haven't been in League Two before. So, it's yeah, but Lou, it's it's September. It's yeah. it's you know if 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 this we were in that position and it's April and there's five games to go, yeah, I would be passing bricks. But it's not. It's September, and we know that 
any kind of like team can beat another team in this division. Um, you can go on runs. You can go on losing runs of nine games. You can go on winning games of nine games. You can, you know, you can draw for nine games. It's that kind of division. You know, would you honestly say that we've got the 11 worst players in that league? You know, currently in that team? No, we wouldn't. It's, it's just getting the best out of them. That's what, and that's why the manager's being paid what he's paid. And if he can't do it, get someone in who you think can do that. You know, that, that's the bottom line of it all. I mean, I think it's easy to be despondent because, yeah, we haven't played well, we haven't looked good, but there have been there have been green shoots, and I think that's what you got to hope on. People might think I'm deluded. Yep. Okay then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And to be fair, I do take that there were there have been some good things in the last couple of games, but we all know that they need to turn uh, to results fast and hopefully that will start uh, on Tuesday. Right, we've come to the end of uh, this week's Charlton Live. Thanks to all of you who've, uh, who've tuned in and got involved uh, with the show as well. Um, thank you to Mark and to Tom for joining me. Cheers, Luke. Yep, you're welcome. Good to speak to you both. And don't forget, we'll be back here uh, on uh, Thursday evening to look back at that game against Bolton and then look ahead uh, to Saturday's trip to Fleetwood. I'm going to say right now, can everyone please stop panic buying petrol because I need to fill the... Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Car up to get to Fleetwood. Uh, otherwise, uh, I don't, I'm going to have to buy a train ticket, which is like £500. So um, please stop doing that. Um, anyway, yeah. So thanks for listening. Uh, we'll see you again on Thursday. Charles and 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 Charles and